The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Podcast, podcast, podcast. We've got a podcast now. It's episode 220 of the Pesky Report. I'm Ed Hand, and I am here today with Brandon Brewer. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing very well, Ed. Thanks for having me. And if you noticed, uh, for those that are watching on YouTube, we just showed our video, our, our video package that's highlighting the 2023 Boston Red Sox. And a notable person was not included in that video, and that's Xander Bogarts. And that's because he now plays for the San Diego Padres. Wait, what? When did that happen? Oh, sometime in the offseason, he decided not to sign a contract with the Red Sox. And A.J. Preller decided to snort a huge line of coke and offer him 12 years to make him like 87 years old whenever he's done with that contract. But he's a Padre now. Oh, man, that's really that's pretty upsetting. Why would the Padres do that? I I kind of wish we had somebody from the Padres to come on and explain to us um, why the Padres would go and give uh, Xander Bogarts an 11 year, uh, $280 million deal. Like, are they, are they competitive? Let's go. Oh my God. We have someone. Who's, who is that with us? Oh my God. He's right. He's right there. (laughs) Holy crap. You scared me, man. (laughs) What's going on? So, uh, from, uh, locked on Padres, we have Javier Reyes joining us, uh, to talk a little bit about the San Diego Padres and, uh, their wild and incredibly awesome off season. If you're a Padres fan. Absolutely, man. And look, it's, um, what I think is so funny about the pods is as, and as long as I've been doing locked on Padres too, not that I'm a, not that I'm like a hipster about this stuff, but I'm very like, all right, look, they have Manny, they have Tatis, you know, starting in 2020. I mean, it's like, all right, cool. I, I really love Trent Grisham. And I was like, I, I love that guy. It was one of the things that I got right for that year, at least. I was like, all right, I like this dude. I think Davies can be fine, lament all this stuff. And then I was like, all right, let's build and get some, let's build off of this. Let's get some good kind of solid pieces. And the guy just went in, out of control, AJ Pro, like, ever since that moment. I mean, it's... This is that offseason in the span of 24 hours, they they traded for Darvish, Snell, and signed Hassan Kim, who at the time was the biggest KBO prospect. And that was in 24 hours, and that's still not the craziest like time I've had being a Padres fan. It's not even in the top three, maybe. I like that's that's the craziest part. Like, then there's the Tatis extension, then there's the Manny extension, then there's the trade for Soto, then there's the even the Adam Frazier trade was kind of wild. It wasn't good, but it was still wild that it happened, right? Uh, you know, it's still kind of exciting. And then you have Xander Bogarts, your beloved, your beloved Xander Bogarts, who, on top of being with the Padres for 11 years, which we'll discuss, uh, I imagine, um, it also gave me the thrill because I am not a Boston fan. I, 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 I have a hatred for Boston, some would say. Seeing that Boston Globe article of Heim Bloom looking like the end of a sad artsy movie on a plane 
just like dumbfounded or whatever the quotes were, whatever the things that he was just shocked that apparently Xander Bogarts was going to get paid. That's what it sounded like. And it just brought so much joy to me. And, you know, but but not as much joy as being on this podcast, I will say. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, guys. <laughs> well, we're very happy to have you here. And I got to tell you, you actually have a lot in common with Red Sox fans because they kind of hate the Red Sox, too, this offseason. <laughs> That's uh, very true. And a lot of last year. And honestly, since 2019, they've kind of hated the Red Sox. So... You know, I'm just saying you might want to reconsider your differences and start thinking about <laughs> your similarities. Hey, I will say I'm finally going to be hopefully visiting Boston this summer. I might catch a game. I might see some friends that I know, so that could be cool. And in fairness, I've had a lot more hatred for Philadelphia sports over the past couple years, to be honest. Um, because, you know, Boston sports is slightly down lately, slightly. They still got the Celtics, but... Uh, and the Bruins, it's just, yeah. Bruins, if you care about hockey, or yeah, Bruins, good. Bruins. I've heard are doing some some good stuff. Um, so for me, it's just like, all right, I'm, I'm losing a little bit. I imagine they'll find a way. You'll get your Bill Simmons take that just drives me right back in. You know what I'm saying? Like some Boston Globe thing will go nuts again, and I'm like, all right, the hatred's back. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been crazy, man. Um, it's been absolutely crazy, and I think that um, the the thing with the Red Sox as well is I just. It's kind of crazy to see that we're here, where the Padres are the ones spending and making all these trades, and the Red Sox are hoping that their biggest addition was Kenley Jansen, or the uh, Yoshi um, could be the other one too. But you, you get my point. Like it's it's just kind of crazy the the period we're in in baseball. And I think it's exciting, and I'm uh, I think I'm unbiased by that. You know, <laughs> I, I really think that I, I don't have any bias saying that. I'm very objective. Where where about in Jersey are you from, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, I'm from the the greatest town in the world, uh, Morristown. Um, it is it is a fantastic place. It is lovely, um, and it makes up for the very masochistic relationship I, I think I have with sports. Um, <laughs> and in fairness, I think what we all do. Let's be honest. This whole like miserable fan base thing. I think everyone's miserable. Like, is that not the point? You know, like uh, unless you're like a a, a Pats fan. For a while, you know what I mean? Like, unless you're one of those teams that really dominated for a while, like, everyone kind of hates themselves. And they're like, why am I doing this? It's just, it just makes me sad watching this. Like, I don't get it. I guess it's the hope at the end of the tunnel. But I don't know. I feel like it's a much smaller percentage of everyone being, like, sad blank fans. Sad blank. I think that's kind of everybody, man. Uh, that, you know, it's an interesting observation because that's something <laughs> that I notice here a lot. It's like, why are you guys so bummed out? Like, is this just a Red Sox fan thing? And for the longest time... I thought it was. I thought mm -hmm. it was just like, oh, they're just like high off of like the 86 years thing. It's every single team. Every yeah. team hates their ownership. Every mm -hmm. team hates their team except for like the one guys that have the World Series. And a few months later, they, they're right back to hating their team again. Like it was a fluke or something. It's crazy. And to rag out Philly sports more, I mean, my, one of my closest friends, we're watching the Eagles-Falcons opener. I think it was the year after the Eagles won the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Um, and I don't even feel bad. I'm not even like you guys have like eight Super Bowls. Who cares? Uh, yeah. But it's after that. It's the first game. And he's getting actually livid at the team. I'm like, it's the season kickoff. I would. I have said this on a show for. And since we're on Red Sox, I could say this because the Padres fans hate when I bring up the Chargers. I would actually consider. I, I would have considered at one point in my life giving up a finger for this, the Chargers to make the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, I actually, there was a point in time, maybe when I was in high school or middle school, where I've been like, yeah, what's the least important one? All right, cool, get rid of that one. 
I will I absolutely take it. <laughs> I want to win the Super Bowl. This is all I care about. It, get, it makes me happy. And then I have this this greedy, you know, punk who's just like, oh, I'm upset Nick Foles didn't throw a touchdown in the first quarter. I think we're just a greedy and, and sad bunch uh, in, in a lot of ways. So we have to we have to monitor that. I think as sports, yeah. we need to do better. I, I think that's very true. And I think as a Boston <laughs> sports fan in general, we are very spoiled. You know, like you said, we've had six Super Bowls in the past twenty three years for mm-hmm. the 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 Patriots. We've had four World Series championships. We've had an NBA championship. We've had greatest uh, turnaround in sports history a, too. <laughs> NHL championship. Like we we've had it all. And for our age demographic, we've basically grown up winning a championship every other year in mm-hmm. one sport or the other. And now it's like we're we're kind of in a drought period where the last championship we've seen is like five years and we it's are insane. losing our minds. It's yeah, insane. Insane. what's going on here. I, 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 and, I don't get it. Yeah, and like the Celtics were in the NBA finals last year. Two years ago, the Red Sox were two games away from the World Series. The World team Series. That wasn't even supposed to <laughs> yeah. contend. It's like, like I, I do think that there's out, a guys. difference between hating why the Red Sox are bad versus you know what I mean like the exact specifics of what happened and the Mookie Betts trade and Benintendi and all that stuff but there's a difference between that versus being like wow it is miserable I no 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 it's not all right I agree you should be mad but tone it down a little bit I guarantee you everyone 2002 if you said here all the trophies that you guys just mentioned but you'll have to deal with this guy Mookie Betts who gets traded and then you'll have to deal with some weird Patriot stuff and whatnot, and you might have to deal with one of your star pitchers being the biggest bigot in sports. Everyone would say yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I would say yes. I'd be like, yeah, like, let's let's run it. You know, it's crazy. And and, and Brandon, I know you could. I know you. Know. Trevor Bauer in no way. Trevor Bauer does not pitch for the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> just want to point that out. Okay. It's just like. I, I don't get it sometimes. I don't get it sometimes. And I'm a big, like, movie pop culture fan. Don't get me wrong. That area has plenty of, of nincompoops, too. And, and it gets <laughs> it gets wild out there, too, in, in a completely different way. But, yeah, it's just it's just funny. We, I think we just like to be mad. And I think that's what's pushed my theory that umpires are great and referees are great. <laughs> I think you need a heel in sports. I've been waiting to unleash this take for a while. I love it, man. And this has nothing to do with uh, strike zone and all that. I just think we need a heel. I don't think people want to admit that it's fun. It is fun to complain about refs. It is fun to complain about umpires. Maybe a little bit easier if your team is not involved. And we got to make sure you don't have a Saints-Rams type of no call with a pass interference. Like, those are pretty heinous, right? But I think it gives us stuff to talk about. I really do. It gives us a common enemy that no matter who we are, we're like, yeah, you know what, though? I I hate... Uh, that that referee or that umpire or Angel Hernandez to use a, a baseball one, right? Like, <laughs> there's just something about it. it adds it adds a flourish to things, you know. That, it's, that's the human element. That's the yeah, human element. That's yeah. this. It's not that things are inaccurate. It's that it, there, there's a common hatred for everybody. And that, what is and, more human than that, right? And that's exactly. that's so true because, like, me as a Red Sox fan, I can talk to my friend Zach, who's a Cardinals fan, and we can both be like. Man, Angel Hernandez just sucks. Yeah, exactly. we, we 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 can bond over that hatred for one guy. Mm-hmm. I, that's yeah. a solid take. Sports are about hate. It's crazy. Sports are about <laughs> hatred. That's what they really teach so, you. It's crazy. What do you hate about the Padres then? What do you hate about their off season that saw them uh, 
as we said, just doing copious amounts of uppers and mm-hmm. throwing like a billion dollars out at a, at a bunch of players. What, what's yeah, the hate I mean, about that? I mean, you could use any gif of Scrooge McDuck or whatever, jump into the <laughs> pile of money. Like I've seen them all at this point. I love how we spent all this time talking about hate and, and whatnot with sports. Oh, I love the Padres. There's nothing to be upset with about them. Don't get me wrong, 2021 was pretty rough because of the collapse in the second half. You had all the Tatis and the Manny fight, right? And then 2022, you have the beginning of that with Tatis being hurt. And then he misses the rest of the season for the suspension. Like, there's still upset things. But I think for the most part, for me at least, and I I don't, I don't think that every Padres fan has been like that, at least according to Twitter, which, is, which is, isn't a great sample size. I do 100% uh, admit that. But I don't think they always know what it's like to have superstar players on your team because watching this is just uh, – it's – I mentioned the Celtics, you know, one of the great turnarounds in the history of sports, that that one title that they had, right? Um, Unfortunately, it gave us characters that would bother me for the rest of my sports life. Like, just they they can never leave. The clout they receive from that title is unmatched. But I think with the Padres, they're up there in terms of great turnarounds because the Padres, this is a team that had Adrian Gonzalez, who we mentioned before. Like, putting up MVP caliber, top 10 MVP moments, playing super well, being great for the fan base, and they just refuse to pay him. And nowadays, it's like, uh, Manny Machado is my top priority. Most of the time, you hear that from owners, and you're like, all right, whatever. Two days later, they extend him. Like, that's... It cannot be emphasized enough that while there are questions about the years and was the Bogarts contract too long, was it risky to extend Tatis when he was too young, you Darvish, all these guys, I really think that the Padres should be a little bit immune from that because they've never had anything like this, not just in terms of winning, but in terms of the spending. So for them, it's like, we don't care. Like, we don't care. If the A's turned around right now and they went out and they signed Otani, they signed... You know, Carlos Correa, who who knows if he <laughs> is going to have to sign with another team. That, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> like, if they all of a sudden did all that and they gave overpaid contracts and all that, I think Ace fans would be like, who cares? Because we're not known for this. We've never done this. So I think that they should be shielded from that type of criticism, whereas your Dodgers, your Yankees, some other teams who have won certain ways before, I can see some people being like, oh, I don't like the deal we gave to Rodon or whatever and whatnot. Well, the Padres would be like, cool, we'll give that guy 20 years. We don't care because this team has never been like this before. And I, I think it's awesome for the sport. And it's been, um, you know, a lot of kind of insider, you know, little chicanery going on in the league. We're like, oh, so now you're making some tax committee group after the Padres started spending a lot in the Mets. But you don't care that the Orioles are spending less than the budget for like moonlight best picture right like that's that's kind of the (laughs) issue we're at right now you know like i think that's the problem and i wish that a lot of the tv personalities a lot of the bigger personalities not all of them i don't want to do the media stinks type of thing because that's kind of tired at this point but i really wish they would bring up more wow they're doing this instead of how are they doing it instead of doing that you should be asking why aren't other teams doing this like Tell me the Chicago White Sox don't have money. Yes, Chicago, famously an unimportant city in the United States pop culture and everything, right? Like that that's just crazy to me. And I think that um, a lot of teams could do something similar to the Padres. Maybe not all of them, but at least similar. And I think that's what I wish people's takeaway would be from this team. 
Uh, I, I mean, looking at the team itself, what of the moves this offseason was your favorite? Because you mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the Machado thing happening two days after they mentioned mm-hmm. it. That wasn't the only extension. That no. wasn't the only move that no. was as many figures <laughs> as it was. I, I think that, like, there, there's a lot of, of moves to unravel there. But which one, when they did it, when you heard about it, you had the most visceral, like, oh, fuck yes. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um, and I will say, I think that Preller, while has made a lot of big splashy moves. I do think that Nelson he's made... Cruz. Nelson Cruz, yeah. <laughs> so I was just about to say. Nelson Cruz. Matt Carpenter, you know. Adam Engel, right? Like, it's just... I think that he does deserve a little bit of credit for some actually pretty savvy under-the-radar moves, but also the big blockbuster things, too. And my favorite is obviously Zayder Bogarts because it also happened fairly out of nowhere. Like, fairly. Like, there were some rumors because you had the Trey Turner connections... And then they were talking about Xander Bogarts, and everyone's like, don't they already have Hassan Kim and Fernando Tatis? So it was it was a weird thing. And they just said, screw it, we'll figure that out later. And it happened around like 10 p.m., I think, Eastern East Coast time, uh, which was wild. And so then I immediately had to head downstairs and do, record my show. That Just the thrill of that stuff. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. Um, I didn't think they were going to do it. I thought they were going to do a – my dream was Michael Conforto this offseason. Yeah, that's funny. So you um, wanted to be the Giants, basically. Yeah, because I thought, look, they'll get Tatis back. Maybe we extend Soto, and you have Manny. I I didn't think they needed that, but I'm not gonna oppose. I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> you know, like it's this has been one of the most consistent batters in baseball. Um, sometimes the defensive stuff with defensive runs saved and blah 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 whatever. But last year he was good defensively, so I'm curious to see if that translates and goes forward. But this guy's been there, um, and he's been a top-level prospect before, and he's just been with a, a really winning team, too. Uh, that's another thing, and I think that there's some value in a guy who's been there and done it before and done it for a team that certainly has high expectations being with from Boston. So I love that, and they'll figure out the positional stuff. Hassan Kim, hopefully, can play a good second base. Um, Xander Bogarts, hopefully, the defensive stuff is legit, and he's going to keep it going. Um, at least for the next few years. Um, obviously, there will be a decline, as there is for everybody. But, hey, if he keeps it up, which is totally possible, um, I know that baseball's scary because guys will just, you know, swan dive off of Mount Everest sometimes. Like, But, hey, uh, I just appreciate that they did it, and I think that maybe there's low-key some Hall of Fame potential here. It's, I mean, there's legitimately a case to be made that there's, like, four Hall of Fame players in the Padres lineup right now. And that's awesome. And I, I, I appreciate every amount of it. And I can't wait until there's Shohei Otani rumors that I'm going to viscerally, emphatically say no way on my show. And then it'll happen. And then I'll have more stuff to be excited about. It's great from a cultural change perspective to be like a lot of teams. I'm talking a lot, man. Uh, <laughs> they uh, A lot of teams, your Rays, your Guardians, they like go far and then they don't do anything. The Padres did that. They went far. They beat two 100-win teams in the playoffs. Most owners, they're like, okay, great. That'll, like, placate the mob for a little bit. They didn't do that. They said, actually, ha, that's funny. We're going to go get Xander Bogarts now and steal him from the Red Sox. That's that's That says so much and does so much for fans, I think. Um, aside from the player, just the willingness to keep going. Because in baseball, it's the only sport where consistently – contenders would rather trade backwards and not spend versus going forward and trying going for it. Do you think that there's a realistic chance that they manage to extend Soto to one of these gigantic deals also? Because at some point, 
I mean, at some point, like, do do you think that they're just going to be like, okay, we've we've spent enough, or do you do you see that only happening after a World Series, if, if ever? I I've been going back and forth on Soto because I think the prospect haul they gave up suggests we're willing to we basically blanketed our farm, so we have to kind of keep this guy. It's only that makes sense, but I mean, two and a half you know years of essentially Ted Williams reincarnated isn't the worst trade in the world. Uh, like especially for this year and the next year, but I, I'd have to imagine so. And I think you know, there's been little things like Machado mentioning, oh, hopefully Soto next in his in his press conference, right? Like, it's it's possible he did decline a big deal with the Nationals when he was there, but it was also the Nationals, not as great of a team. Maybe the AAV wasn't to his liking, right? So I think it's possible. I think it's possible, but I do go back and forth because maybe they get really. You know, the it's like the the girl and guy meme where he's looking at the other person. Maybe they see Shohei Otani, you know, this next offseason, who they've been linked to already. And they say, how about instead of that, we just go give Otani the bag and really throw this team into a next-level stratosphere of, like, this is 90s Yankees now. You know, like, this is a, a level of blockbuster stardom and just cultural change that we haven't seen in, in, in sports in a while, if you were to do that. I mean, Otani would be nuts. But I think it all depends, man. I think it all depends because Soto is yours right now. You don't have to compete with other teams offering him deals. So, again, I, I just go back and forth. And should they? I won't oppose it. That's that's just my that's my, my take these days because the Mount Crushmore possibility would be would be pretty wild for the Padres. And, you know, the days of Seth Smith being their best player are kind of gone. <laughs> Oh, I remember the Seth Smith days. I used to <laughs> live in San Diego back in like what 2013, 2014 time frame. Um, but to be the nineties Yankees, you have to start winning World Series. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's the thing. Uh yeah. it's great to to beat a couple hundred win teams in the postseason, mm-hmm. but if you don't get over that hump, you're not actually fulfilling your your goal. The 2018 Boston Red Sox beat a couple hundred win teams on their way to their World yeah. Series, mm-hmm. the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros, and then they beat the 90-something win Dodgers in the World Series. So to, to get over that hump will be the next thing for the San Diego Padres. And the time is now. You know, John Cena's theme song says, your time is up, my time is now. <laughs> because right now is the San Diego Padres time. And – it, it's it's funny because four or five years from now, all of these contracts that are that look great right now with all these superstar mm-hmm. players, they might be pushing walkers around on the field. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, so. absolutely. I mean, it's it's equal parts. You have to praise them for the fact that they are completely doing what, what we just talked about, where they have never done this before, unlike, say, the Yankees. Yankees have spent money in the past, so for them it was like, fans are like, okay, I've seen this before, but will we win? You know, that type of thing. For Padres fans, it's like, I have never seen this before, and yeah, I'd like to win, but uh, let's start with the fact that this is crazy. Um, So mm-hmm. they, so it's it's an equal balance there, but then you're also right with the, with the contracts aging poorly. The bad side of this is it could be the Angels. Right, you could be in a situation where you're just yep. you've got Hall of Fame players, and it's totally possible that you know let's let's just say by you know baseball history standards that Tatis and Soto are the two that are there that are extended, and since they're young, their prime days aren't wasted. They're still really great. Well, the Angels have Otani and Mike Trout right now, and they're probably not going to finish very high in the division. I don't think they're going to, and that's kind of crazy. And they've got these bloated contracts with Rendon. Maybe he'll be better. Whatever. 
But the bottom line is they've been they've missed a lot and they've given out huge deals from Josh Hamilton to Albert Pujols, obviously, and it just never came true for them and it stinks. So it's that's the downside. The downside is Angels, yeah. and then the upside is '90s Yankees, where you're like, "Wow, yeah, yeah rule you, the sport." You win and three or four, awesome. yeah, yeah. You win three or four. Hey, if you just win one, that would change everything, and it would keep fans for a very long time. Keep even more fans that I think you're already gaining from just this yeah. the, the fan fest stuff, the the fact that they're in the news all the time, the fact that they're becoming a meme. My friends are sending me memes. About like the like the 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 Padres just extending people and signing other great contracts like it, it, it's equal parts. But you're right. Um, five years. If someone told me, "Hey, man, he's like he's a good player," you know what I mean? Like he's good, but he's not, you know, something special anymore. Wouldn't surprise me. And if you told me they're struggling to get 88 wins, totally possible. I mean, again, they did a lot of moves after the 2020 season, and 2021 was kind of a mess. So it's not impossible. Um, so it's, it's hard though, right? Like you got to balance it of praising them for trying because there's way too many teams that rely on people thinking that Moneyball is the, way, the only way that you win titles, which it categorically just isn't, right? You, you do have to spend. Uh, and also being like, hey, the Angels is not a fun fan base right now. And I feel horrifically bad for them because of how much talent they're wasting. Yeah, how how bad does it suck to have two of the top three players in oh baseball and still finish in the bottom third of your your division every year? Oh my god, the poor Angels fans, man! And on top of that, to rub salt in the wound that Art Moreno was apparently going to sell the team, and then he didn't. Oh my <laughs> god, I felt so bad when I heard that. I was like, these poor fans. That's all they were probably looking forward to this off season. They were like. All right, but at least maybe he'll sell the team and we start a new era. Nope, he's keep he's keeping the team. <laughs> I just oh my gosh, it's probably because they know Otani's leaving, so no one wanted to buy them. So yeah, I mean when you look at the Angels too, they have to be good this year. Like they yeah. objectively have to be. Or well, I mean, you you're not going to have Otani come back if they're in last place again. It's just not happening. Yeah, it's just I feel so bad. I feel so bad because. Trout really, and I know people have complained about lack of personality. Whatever. That guy's on any other team. You know, like if that guy's on the Yankees, that guy's on the Red Sox, or that guy's on Astros, any, even Cleveland, whatever. I mean, it's just, I just put think he dude, sends so much. Put that dude on the Rockies when they still had uh, Charlie Bra- Blackman cranking out homers. They had Cargo! Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Trevor Story coming up as a rookie. Yeah. Put, put a, a, a Mike Arenado, dude. Arenado, Arenado. Tulo, yeah. you know, throw those Dude, guys out there. Yeah, put put that team on the field with a Mike Trout, and we're talking like the Rockies are the greatest franchise of all time. Could you imagine like Rogers Center, Toronto Blue Jays, like oh. that that place has gotten wild before for games. Could you imagine if they had Mike Trout? Like, I mean, yeah, it stinks. It stinks. I feel for Angels fans. We've talked about a lot of the hitting for the uh, the Padres. Um, mm. Their pitching staff isn't quite as um, – it's not like looking at an all-star team to the mm. same extent that the lineup is. There are some mm. good guys there. Um, you know, Darvish we talked about a little bit. I think Snell, Snell is still there. Mm. Um, Musgrove, I mean, prior to his tragic uh, dumbbell accident. Um, yeah. Um. But then they had to go inside Michael Waka towards kind of the end of mm-hmm. spring, uh, towards the end of the offseason, who I was honestly surprised lasted as long as he did. Um, I 
I thought he did very well with the Red Sox last year, and he might not be, you know, he might not be like a sub three RA guy like he was most of the season, but mm-hmm. he'll eat innings for you, and he's got that changeup, and yeah. changeup is you're going to be able to take that with you for a while. So I thought that um, that was pretty smart on their end. But how's how's the depth behind that? Like, um, I know they've got Weathers, they've got I guess Nick Martinez can start a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but how how are how are they how how is the how do you see the pitching situation? The pitching situation is weird. Um, granted, it's not at one of my longtime bits has been I because I, I'm an I'm an asshole. I I make fun of people when they're like, we need another starter. It's like, yeah, well, so does every team, right? Like, I, you're not That's saying true. much. So I think you have to do it in, in layers and tiers. And I think the Padres are certainly not in like that DEFCON one. Oh my God. You know, like an angels team or like a Red Sox ish team right now. Right? Like those tiers where it's like, man, we could really use a starter, but they're certainly in like that third tier where they had a lot of health go right for them last year. You mentioned the dumbbell with Joe Musgrove. I think he's a psycho and might still pitch on opening day and find a way. I mean, this dude's crazy. Like the he's wearing like something that just makes your your neck super inflamed apparently during starts. With that's that's what I think Andrew McCutcheon said because that whole dumb what? cheating allegations that SNY was trying to push. Um, shouts to SNY. Um, that. There's there's potential that some health creeps up on them. You Darvish isn't getting any younger. Blake Snell has had some issues with issues with health before, and Michael Waka, like you said, is kind of just this innings eater. And all right, we at least have a four. That's fine as a four guy, but the fifth spot. Look, they, they say it's Nick Martinez. It could be Seth Lugo, who they signed and allegedly want to try using as a pitcher or a starting pitcher. I don't know how that's going to go. Maybe it's going to be piggyback type of thing where. Their number five starter is actually two guys, right? Martinez does two innings. Lugo does two innings. That's what they count as their fifth starter. Totally possible there. Or there's some spring guys like uh, to watch out for, like your Jay Grooms, who was acquired in the Eric Osmer trade. Thank you, by the way. That's why I don't. I haven't hated Boston sports as much lately. I finally remembered. You guys got rid of Eric Osmer for us. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate it. That you was paid great. for him. You yeah, I know. We, him, I know we paid for him, but like. Sweet. I don't care. <laughs> I just wanted him gone. I was so happy. Um, so Jay Groom now, is a guy. Now he's DFA'd right. and not with us. So. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah, so everyone won. Everyone won that one. It was great. Uh, so, and then you've got Jay Groom, who was acquired in the Hosmer trade. He's looked okay uh, in spring training. Adrian Monahon, who is like super talented. Uh, fastball Velo's there. Um, but it's just not – it hasn't been clicking. He got roughed up in spring the other day, and I'm worried about him. So – the book might be out on him. There's a little bit of hope left, but kind of his last chance to prove it and whatnot. And then you've got, you know, some kind of journeyman with, with Julio Tehran, you know, whether or not he's going to give you anything. And he was good once upon a time, but I don't think he is anymore. Um, so that fifth spot, and if there were an injury to happen, uh, does get a little scary, uh, for sure, because the Padres don't have a lot of depth there, um, which is sometimes the price of admission for getting superstars, is that you're not going to have as much depth. But you look back and you're like, man, he's not that great of a pitcher, but it'd be really cool if they still had, like, Cal Quantrill right now, you know? And the Mike Clevenger trade didn't go well for them at all. It's not going well for a lot of people in general. Um, but Quantrill, you're like, not a great pitcher, but limits the walks, good control. That'd be awesome as a five. You can just trust that, right? Or you can trust some of the other pitchers they've given up, and Eric Lauer, guys like that. So they have lost a lot of depth over the years. Um and I think it could become a problem, but it's also, eh, every team's got problems, man. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm still excited, but, uh, you know, lasting through the season, 2021, second half, that became an issue. Vince Velasquez, Jake Arrieta, I mean, 
Ryan Weathers, when he was bad, like really bad, consistently giving up six runs a start, but they just didn't have anyone. That's that's the fear for this Padres team, I think. Yeah, but that's only. With, oh, sorry, Brandon. Uh, I was just gonna say, with all that being said, that's still better than somebody like a Tyson Ross being your fifth mm-hmm. starter. Yeah, on, yeah. on, hey, on open, don't talk ill of my boy Tyson Ross. Tyson <laughs> I, Ross I, had a good couple of years. I know. I thought he was gonna be so good. I thought it was like legit for real. And he had two years. I think he was an All Star one year. He had two years, but that was that was basically it for him. But I felt bad. He got hurt and banged up, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we've come a long way, for sure. I mean, you, Darvish, just having that guy on your team is just awesome. It's so much fun to watch him start. He's got, like, 25 pitches that he throws. He probably invented a new one over the course of since we've been recording this podcast. So, love having that guy. But, uh, yeah. And and a good bullpen from the Padres. A sneaky good bullpen that I think maybe may help alleviate a little bit of the starting pitching control, uh, problems and concerns. I know they've got. Is Suarez going to be the closer for them this year, or who's, no, who's going to be, be getting Hader. the bulk of the saves? It's still going to oh, be Hader. Hader. right, right. Um, there, that, there's been some talks that they might want to extend him too. That one I, I, I would rather not extend. But yeah, he's going to be the closer this year. He had a bad year um, last year, especially in the second half. He started falling apart. Showed some signs of getting back to it. Maybe he was so bad that it didn't make sense, right? Like you know how sometimes guys are so pitching so poorly. Like no, no, I don't believe this. Something's wrong here. You're going to be fine next year. Something just really heinous went wrong here. Uh, maybe that's do the it case again. with... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it again for me to believe it. Uh, yeah, I think um, that's kind of the, the one-two punch is Suarez and him. And then if Drew Pomeranz, the guy that you guys will be familiar yep. with, if he can come back and be healthy, last 44 innings, that dude has a sub-two ERA, great strikeout rate, when all, all it is is health with him. You get those three... Mix and match, you know, you've got Luis Garcia, who's pretty good too, but those three, ooh, that could be special. That could be very, very special. I'm excited for it. So whenever you mentioned that name, Drew Pomerantz, about half of our listeners just kind of did the ugh. Because he, he left such a sour taste in a lot of mm. Red Sox fans' mouth. And he was so unreliable on that 2018 run that yeah. he didn't pitch in the World Series. They, they mm. opted to have Chris Sale go out there and and close games out. They opted to have yeah. Nathan Ivaldi pitch for yeah. six innings in extra innings instead of giving the ball to Drew Pomerantz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, hey, it just shows you how much so time good change, in right? He had some good years for them. Like, you can't – I don't know. Like, I, I had forgotten about that with Pomerantz, actually, Brandon. I had yeah, completely forgotten that. Uh, that's Because, you know, winning will make you forget about – like, people keep on reminding me that uh, Ian Kinsler made, like, a big error in that uh, in that extra innings game. I don't remember that. I just remember that they that they clinched a few days later. Well, you, you know how I feel about Ryan Brazier? That's also how I felt about Drew Pomerantz. So I, I remember the visceral hatred that I had for him. <laughs> Do you have a visceral pl- hatred for any Padres, Javier? Um, Not like a visceral, like, I hate you. Because I reserve that for much more, and this isn't a slight at anyone, but, like, much more important people in the world in terms of just, like, who have a bigger impact. That's where I usually save my hatred for. And or people who have done, like, really bad off-the-field things. Um, Power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those guys, Excuse right? Me, you sorry, got, you got, I, got, I got something in my throat. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> some former Padres, you know, Mike Clevenger. You've got some questions around him and stuff. Like, well, you know, Kurt Schilling, um, you can't really talk here. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah don't, don't get me wrong. Like, and, and this isn't to say that I 
hate teams for having those players or that people should you, you shouldn't root for your team anymore because they sign these guys because then you get into a slippery slope of well i mean every team's kind of had a bad guy and i think that says more about culture and the world at large than it does a team sometimes don't get me wrong don't pull an astros right don't pull an astros where you're yelling at female reporters about how you have roberto ozuna on your team like there's there's ways to not be fully awful about it right that sometimes teams do um i think that hosmer is the closest that I've had for a player that I just actively really strongly detested um, for a bunch of reasons, nothing off the field or anything like that, but just, you know, Oh, I have an of... off the field reason to hate Hosmer. Uh, oh, what's that? I actually do. So, um, you know, minding my own business on Twitter one day and um, I go, somebody says like, oh, have you seen this? Like Hosmer blocked me. I don't know what I did. And so I checked uh. and I found Eric Hosmer blocked me as well. And like, apparently like 95% of Red Sox fans, did he block you too? Welcome to the club, sir. I was just, I just found out the other day that my Padres account, not my personal account, uh, which is tagged right here, uh, was blocked by Eric Hosmer. And I don't know what it was, but I choose to believe it was the tweet when I said in his at last act of hatred against San Diego, Eric Hosmer killed Luke Voigt. Um, for those who don't remember, <laughs> Eric Hosmer had a no trade clause. And, and to the Nationals, he basically was like, nah. So then they had to give up Luke Voigt. So I was like, all right, so he killed this guy who was like, he had the little chest chair thing. He's doing it in front of kids. You know what I mean? And the kids are like, yeah. And he's doing like the beer gush, but like with water. And he was fun. A flawed player yeah. for sure. But it was it was really fun. And then he killed him. And I, I was like, this is really unfortunate. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'd still like the Wad Soto thing makes it pretty pretty worth it i think but uh it was i choose to believe that that's what he saw that pissed him off and he decided all right i'm blocking this idiot which Can you imagine being like, i didn't kill luke this is <laughs> yeah, right this is libelous like what are you talking about <laughs> um i just hey it's possible right it's possible um and it, it's funny because my own account i've had much more funny memes and whatnot that were against him um so yeah i mean hosber Definitely Hosmer, I would say. I, I can't really think of another one. Um, and granted, this isn't like a hate thing. Uh, I, I'm sure he's a fine guy and whatnot, from what I've heard. Um, just as a Padre, really frustrating experience. Yeah, that sounds... I mean, that's a lot of people on the Red Sox last year. But, um, I mean, I feel, I feel like every team has that, though. There's one guy that always ends up being like... When something bad happens, yeah. you know that he's going to be involved with it. The mm -hmm. scapegoat. Yeah. It's, well, scapegoat it implies they did nothing wrong. Hosmer knows what he did. <laughs> you know what you did. Fair, uh, but fair I, point. I know what you're saying about scapegoat. Like he, that's one thing about Pods fans. Sometimes it got a little bit out of control, where it was like, yeah, I really don't like him either. But this isn't the only player that's performing poorly. The entire team fell apart in 2021. Um, managers, right? Like they get scapegoated all the time. Coaches of any sport, mm -hmm. like just constantly. It's actually pretty remarkable. Uh, just ask any coach that's been had LeBron James as a player, right? Which don't get me wrong, great, it, it's worth it, right? It works. What he does works, but there's been a, a couple coaches. Your David Blatt's, your um, I forgot the guy who was on the Lakers last year, um, but that dude, uh, it was on the Pacers coach. I'm blanking on his name, but you know, you get scapegoats out there, and it, it's unfortunate. But uh, with Hosmer, it was like, ugh, man. Just, just all these little crumbs, not going on any media shows, ignoring, you know, radio station calls, and then, you know, get snapping at the first reporter who asks you about trade rumors, right? Like it's just, just a lot of bad vibes, and then not performing well, and having some of the weirdest errors at first base I've ever seen. 
Like, this isn't like, oh, he couldn't scoop it. This is like, does he know how to play the position? Like, are we sure? Like, if you don't speak up, man, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let us know. Uh, there was a couple of moments like that. But uh, yeah, Hosmer, thankfully, is not in the Padres anymore. And just all good vibe players at the moment. It's interesting that you say that because I I don't know if because of like his age, he's been able to dodge it. But Fernando Tatis, I mean, he had that was a bit of a, a, a of a circus with him last oh, year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whew. I mean, like how how what what's the fan what like what's the outlook on him this season so it went from there was like two, i think like two phases with it i'd say the first phase was wow like or three phases actually so it was like when he gets back can you imagine right and that was a real thing like this is and i think that's why you had so many padres players that were coming out very publicly about like how disappointed they were in him cuz i think that there was this feeling of wow you traded for soto and in fairness, Josh Bell and Brandon Drew at the time, they didn't do well, but it's like, this is what they do. And we're going to get you back too. Like, and then we find out about this. You're literally in the middle of rehab games in the minors. And then this news comes out. It just sucks so much life out of the air. And granted, shows you how unpredictable sports are. They still end up having a really great um, playoff run. But I think that was part of it. And then you had the whole like fan base being like, we hate him now. He's a cheater. What a knucklehead. I think he's a big Dumbo goober. And that doesn't mean I hate him. I just think that he's a kid who made a really heinous, awful mistake, deserves to be roasted. And quite honestly, yeah, if the Dodgers fans, don't get me wrong, uh, you guys have had bad cheaters and whatnot before, but them booing him, yeah, I mean, it's deserved. I mean, you, you hurt your team a lot and you did something that you're not supposed to do. Now, I would be careful to uh, make sure you separate being a goober idiot from being an actual jerk and bad human being. Right, you got to be a little bit careful to do that, um, in my opinion, when you talk about these things. And that was phase two. And then phase three is Padres fans yelling at everybody who think that he might have a little bit of trouble when he comes back. You know, <laughs> like in terms of his 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 talent, his his play. Where Fangraphs did this like article that was just getting quote tweeted to oblivion, and everyone was like yelling at the writer because he was like, "I don't think he'll be as amazing immediately his first year." Which, Relax, guys. That's yeah, not even that it, mean of a take. <laughs> Go yell at the Mets broadcasters who are saying Musgrove definitely cheated. No, no, that's bad. They're like, oh, it's WRC plus. Here's a bunch of players, really well researched, here who had the same injury. It goes down by 10, 15 points. Maybe for him it'll be more. Maybe it'll be less. Oh wow, yeah, guys. Such a horrible thing for a professional writer to say. Tatis will have a 125, 29 WRC plus maybe his first year. Wow awful you know it's like come on guys like it's totally reasonable and i think that's phase three so they're back everyone's back they're like we love this guy again and in fairness him and otani are kind of the faces of the sport when they're right so i mean it's that, easy to understand that, that is the thing is like you know look back to 2021 whenever manny first joined the padres and all that stuff that did become kind of like oh Tatis could be the face of baseball. He's making that leaping yeah. grab that everybody instantly took like yeah. the, the picture of and put it on t-shirts and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. The air Tatis uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. The air Tatis logo uh, that became a thing. And, and it was like Tatis is one of the faces Otani having his MVP season. He's one of the faces of baseball. And it seemed like West coast baseball was starting to take over. And then with the whole issues with Tatis, it seems like that kind of died out for him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem to get the uh, the attention nationally that mm -hmm. that he did at one time. 
it's crazy. And yeah. and now now him moving off of his his position in favor of a, a guy that was brought in in this off season, it's it's uh, who knows? Yeah, I mean we'll have to see how he plays, but I think you might get a little bit more humbled guy at least at the beginning. I hope that it's that way at the beginning and that he gets right back after he's proven himself, whenever that may be, in a season and two seasons, whatever. Because when he is doing the staring at the ball, staring at his dugout, bat flipping and matrix dodging stuff like this guy makes the most routine plays look so exciting um you know sliding into first base or second base stealing bases running around the bat flips all that stuff he's he's got it and it's it's something that you can't really learn i feel like this this swagger that he has is just so different i mean the cover of mlb the show i mean like this was this is the guy and i think that if he comes back and is healthy and he, he earns his way back. I choose to believe that we're in a generation of baseball where people will mock you for the steroids, but I don't think they treat you like you're Satan the way that I think that they used to once upon a time where you're going to be ostracized, right? And I think after a little bit, people will be like, there's worse things than taking cholesterol to try and get healthier sooner. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's worse things out there. Javi, you just said something that it, it just mm. clicked in my head. You yeah. know how uh, the Madden curse has existed for years where <laughs> the, 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 the cover on Madden, they end yeah. up injured and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm starting to see a trend in the MLB, the show <laughs> cover athletes. Yep. Tatis, yep. Tartis, Tatis was the cover athlete, and now he's playing in the outfield. This year's cover athlete, Jazz, Jazz Chisholm, Chisholm. Mm-hmm. was an infielder. Now he's playing in the outfield. Is that going to be the thing going forward is if you're the cover athlete, you better get ready to play a new position. <laughs> it's funny because I actually did an article on this for a, a website that doesn't do stuff anymore. Baseball FYI about the past bunch of years on the cover athletes. And it's, it's kind of like it's mixed, right? Like there's some where it's like Yasiel Puig. Nope. That did not go well. And then there's others where it's like Ryan Howard literally won the world series the next year or this past year Shohei Otani like some guys do avoid it but you have had like your and Tatis not not just in terms of not playing well like Yasiel Puig but you also have all the off the field stuff too right and then you know so it's really mixed it's really mixed Josh Donaldson was one year um there's there's been a couple like I blanking on every MLB the show's person so it's it's a little bit up and down I think I don't know Jazz Chisholm is an inspired choice uh because of the personality and whatnot no idea what that guy's gonna do I, I just have no idea he might be awesome and it'll inflate his status and that would be great for the sport but uh yeah i mean Padres got pr- hit pretty hard with a with a cover show uh case um for sure is he gonna be um is he in center field or right field or like what's because like grisham's a really good outfielder also yeah. i feel like yeah it looks like it's gonna be right field for now obviously these things can change um and depending on injury if anything were happen to kim or bogart's like great like Tatis can go play that for you if you need it even if not always great defensively shortstop uh yeah I think it's right field for now I know people love tossing around the the error he made in spring training he also made a nice catch so it's it's I'm not going to assume just because he has great arm strength and super duper athleticism that he's going to be good I'm also not going to assume that he's going to be bad I don't really know like we just don't know so uh, that's going to be like one of the biggest storylines when he comes back for sure yeah and for it's also just you know oh, I was just going to say, I mean, there's a trial and error period, too. He's been an infielder his whole career, and now he's has to learn a new position. So, you know, like, he's exactly. going to have to make a few mistakes. Exactly. For and- me, personally, I think it's brilliant to, to stack your team with these guys that are shortstops. You know, all mm-hmm. of us growing up playing baseball, 
the shortstop on your team was traditionally the best player on your team mm. so mm. why not fill your your roster with these guys especially in an era now when we don't have the shift yeah why not have these shortstops all over your infield that can cover oh and by the way we also have a shortstop that's going to be playing right field so if we do have a guy that's you know a pull hitter but not necessarily a power threat we can mm. shift him up to play that shift position and just bring our center fielder over a little bit more and it just you guys will have a built-in yeah. shift yeah is it was that at all point. a reference to the red sox drafting like five shortstops last year <laughs> Dude, I've I've been saying for ever since they announced that they were trying to get rid of the shift that you should stack two shortstops. When when Trevor Story signed with the Boston Red Sox, I was ecstatic because I thought they were doing just that, bringing in two two all-star caliber shortstops. And last year, until he got hurt, it looked pretty good because he was playing a gold glove second base. Mm-hmm. The defense is great on story. That that part had nothing to do with cores. Yeah. So I, I definitely think that uh, having multiple shortstops is, is amazing. Thanks, Let me Brad. ask you, speaking of uh, talented shortstops, there was one guy that kept coming up in trade rumors specifically mm-hmm. with the Red Sox last year, and or last offseason, and that was uh, Song Kim. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, you have Bogarts and Tatis who are both shortstops mm-hmm. Manny Machado could probably still play a decent shortstop if you really wanted to it almost seemed like he was just like an extra player and the Red Sox had a guy um, in Tanner Houck that really could have potentially fit in with those rotation needs deal didn't get done for whatever reason but the talks were like th- th- they were pretty real they talks were real. Yeah. do you think that Kim is going to be like if they need something at the deadline he's the guy that gets traded or do you like what? 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 Where do you see his role? Because I know he's at second base now, but they have Cronenworth mm-hmm. also, right? Yeah, Cronenworth looks like he's going to play first base for now. Um, and I guess if they had to, you could probably play a Carpenter or Nelson Cruz, especially there if they had to. Um, that's a. It's a good question though. I there was a little bit of rumbling. Some people thought the the Grisham and Hassan Kim for Pablo Lopez was the type of thing that people were thinking might happen. From what I heard from sources, that that wasn't really ever all that close um, to happening. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't seem like that was an actual thing from what I had heard. So I think that for the most part, that's not going to happen. If they're having a great season, they probably aren't going to want to get rid of Hassan Kim. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're just kind of kind of want to just keep it and have that great utility infielder who, yeah, his bat leaves a little bit to be desired, but he improved last year. And with more time, it's not impossible that he gets a little bit better too this year. Um, so I think Hassan Kim is a fascinating player, super electric to watch, super fast, uh, which is great. has a has a rocket arm, uh, quick release, all that stuff. It's great. I I love watching him play. But um, yeah, it's not impossible. But I think it would also come out of desperation if the Padres aren't doing well at the deadline. They might say, all right, you know what, Bogarts. You can play second. Tatis will move you in. We're going to go trade for Brian Reynolds, right? Who's a player that I hate bringing up because he's been talked about like he's Mickey Mantle and he's been in trade rumors for like five years. So I, I hate that guy. But like, <laughs> it's not impossible. They're like, all right, Brian Reynolds will go to left field and Soto goes back to right. They might get desperate. I don't think it's something they should do, though. You know what I mean? But I think it's possible based out of desperation if they aren't doing all that well and probably tries to make a splash. 
I thought you were going to say if they're not doing well at the trade deadline, they're going to trade Xander Bogarts, <laughs> which would have been hilarious. Hilarious take. I don't even know what you would get back for him there. <laughs> yeah, they're like, suckers. We, the 3D chess, we actually signed him to this deal so we could trade him and screw over another team. Uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, Ooh, trade him you. to the Dodgers. Trade him to the Dodgers for Mookie Betts. <laughs> That, that would make Boston Red Sox fans' heads explode if that ever happened. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that'd be pretty rough. And, and as Brad betches in the chat, yeah, I mean, they do need a shortstop right now. So That's true. You never Gavin know. Lux going down was big. Yeah. Mookie could do it. You can put Mookie in any position and he'll figure it out. You could. He's you playing could, second I, for USA. Yeah. I would trust Mookie to run a rocket ship if I had to. I would trust that man to do anything. If we're in, like, an emergency landing and the pilot is gone, I, he could land that plane. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just trust Mookie Betts to do anything. That guy's such a beast. You know, he almost quit baseball after his first professional season. I don't know Because he that. didn't do very well. I know well. he loves he bowling, though. I know yeah, he well, bowling. he always has bowling, but he was going to go yeah. back to college on, like, a scholarship and play basketball. He's just one of those, those like, freak athletes who are, like, unbelievable, and he just happens to be in baseball. Yeah, just absolutely nutty stuff. Yeah, no, we're lucky to, we're lucky to have him. So I've got one final question for you. Go for it. Apropos nothing, what's your prediction for the Padres' win-loss record? I think they get 94 wins. Um, I think that their division is secretly pretty tough. I think San Fran will battle a little bit. Arizona's I like the additions they made. And then, yeah, Arizona, not bad. Um, especially if they get the right guys with your Merrick Kelly and Zach Gowan and then Corbin Carroll obviously being like the big prospect kind of guy this year. That team can be interesting. And then obviously you have the Dodgers. Um, and, and just in general, a, a, a tough National League to kind of battle against. I You know, you've got Philly, obviously, there in the World Series. Then you've got Atlanta. Then you've got the Mets. But I I think it's about 94 wins. And that's going to be fine. That's going to be good. That'll get you into the postseason. That's what really matters. Make it into the postseason. If you win the division, that'd be great. Uh, but that's kind of where I'm thinking. I think people have been a little bit too down on the Dodgers, too. I know they didn't do too much, but they still deserve a lot of benefit of the doubt considering they've been consistently like a 100-win expected team for like eight years, pretty much. So don't be too down on them just because they didn't make the big splash. They're going to do that next year with Otani anyway. So yeah, I, Wrong. I He's coming to Boston. <laughs> that would, hey, it would be something. It would surely be a, a twist, a plot twist, if he went back there. Uh, you got anything else, Brandon? No, man, I'm good. Javi, where can uh, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Uh, if you don't like some of my occasional non-baseball, you know, comic book movie tweets or whatever, you can check out at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter, where I tweet about the Padres all the time. Lockdown Padres on YouTube, if you want to see my face and Tatis's bobblehead face. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And go subscribe to the pod. Great user handle, by the way. Javipeno, Thank you. Thank like you. One, Finally, someone One of the best. It. Yes, it's the best on the Lockdown Network, I will say. Uh, and best on any network. The Just Baseball, where I write. You know what I mean? Uh, I write that uh, at that website. Great website. Better than all those guys, I think. Um, and how often the pilot is daily. Um, not today, though. I miss today's. But, yeah, it's daily. <laughs> Especially during the season, doing you know game recaps and all that stuff and playing crossovers. So, it's a lot of fun. So this appearance on the Pesky Report is your uh, daily Essentially, podcast yeah. for a Essentially, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm we'll on episode it. 585, I think, for total how many episodes I've done. So yeah, I've done a lot, man. I've done a lot. 
During the off season, it's three days a week. Um, that's why some of the numbers is done. Your vacation time. <laughs> yeah, the, the little vacation time where I'm like, all right, let's react to the news of the day that some player made a funny TikTok. Like it, it can get a little bit rough, uh, rough sometimes during the off season, but we do it out here because it's the Padres. Well, and it's not, not for you guys because you signed a new player every other day in the off exactly. season. So it was, it was it's, all good. It's much worse to do daily shows for like the Colorado Rockies. My boy there <laughs> who does it is like, I just like, he just looks really rough sometimes. He looks like like the freaking characters in Room. Like he's just he's just like ruined. I feel so bad for the guy. <laughs> I don't know what you do there. Oh man. Well, on that note, we will be back. We've got um, a guy from the Dodgers next week. We're gonna have uh, we've got some a White Sox person coming on. Keep it going. And uh, thank you again so much, uh, Brandon and Javier, for being here with me today. Uh, we'll see you all next time. It's a blast, man.